Filipino sustains a scary injury at practice believed to be related to his concussion. We discuss the situation and also talk about Nick Bonino being placed on waivers. You're locked on the New York Rangers, your daily podcast on the New York Rangers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, Blue Shirts fans, to episode number 990 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick. just want to thank you guys, as always, for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. And today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets. Guaranteed, when you place a $5 bet, visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to get started. And we are, of course, part of the LockedOn Podcast Network, your team every day. So, uh, obviously, a disappointing way to start the episode today because uh, Filipino, it sounds like, suffered just his second day back with the New York Rangers, suffers uh, an injury during practice. Um, He had been wearing the non-contact jersey while he was out there the last couple of days, but... All of a sudden, kind of out of nowhere this morning, kind of late morning, maybe getting into the early afternoon here, uh, we get a tweet that goes out from Dan Rosen that says, Philip Heedle, in his second day back with the Rangers, appeared to sustain an injury during the Rangers' optional morning skate. He was on the ice only with Zach Jones and Jake LeCision. He had to be helped off by them. I am told he is being evaluated. And there were several uh, Ranger beat reporters that were at uh, practice today. Unfortunately, you know, this happened during, um, you know, the, the very tail end of the optional skate. It sounds like basically, again, it was only uh, Heedle, LeCision, and Jones that were out there. And obviously, I mean, I, I don't know this for sure, but it certainly sounds like those are the three players that were not going to play in tonight's game against Vegas. And so, you know, a lot of them, you know, people were kind of getting on them like, oh, why weren't you watching? How did you not see what happened? Look, they, they've got work to do there. A lot of them were probably working on stories and whatnot. And um, again, it's just three players skating around the rink. You know, you don't really expect anything major to happen, but that'd be pretty jarring to look up and see Filipino, the guy that, as we all know, has had all these concussions and has missed all this time to see him, you know, down on the ice and obviously needing some help uh, per Johnny Lazarus, who was there, uh, this is what he had to say about the situation. A very scary moment at the end of Ranger Morning Skate. I didn't see how Heedle initially went down, but he was in pain on the ice for what felt like five to seven minutes. Zach Jones and Jake LeCision, along with some members of the training staff, had to help him get off the ice. And uh, Lazarus later tweeted that it didn't look like Heedle was putting any pressure on his left leg after he was helped off. And... You know, a lot of us were wondering what the deal might be. You know, honestly, the good news at this point beyond hockey, you know, just as far as life is concerned is would have been that if we found out that Heedle, you know, kind of just blew a tire, as they say, just kind of wiped out during practice. Um, You certainly don't want him to have any more head injuries. And we were all kind of left wondering, like, does this have to do with, um, you know, the lingering effects of the concussion or concussions that he suffered uh, so far in his career? And just a short time ago, and that's kind of why this episode is dropping a little bit later today than it otherwise would have. So uh, apologies for that. But I wanted to just see if there was any kind of clarity here. And then Larry Brooks sent this out just a, a short time before I hit record here. Uh, as far as the, the Filipino situation is concerned, this is what Brooks had to say. What a mess. 
Heedle back in his New York home after evaluation. Few details available, but it seems the incident in which number 72 went down on the ice this morning is related in some way to the November 2nd suspected concussion. It's a setback for sure, and it creates complications for the Rangers and Drury. So to kind of interpret this, this tweet here, I got to believe, I don't think Brooks would just throw out a wild guess and just, you know, speculate that, oh, this has to have something to do with the concussion. My best educated guess here, and I don't know this for sure, but I, I would have to think that Brooks would probably, um, you know, ha have some kind of contact, talk to somebody who was in the know about what had happened this morning, and that's what he would, you know, do before he tweets something like this out because it would be kind of dangerous and, um, you know, just not the way to go to just kind of tweet something out, just kind of guess that, oh, well, it had to be having something to do with the concussion. But, you know, human nature, I, I think all of us, when we saw this, when we saw this tweet, these kind of vague tweets that were coming out from Ranger reporters who, you know, again, all of them or a lot of them were there. None of them really seemed to to know what had happened. They kind of just looked up and Hedo uh, was down on the ice. I, I think a lot of us, again, human nature, it goes to a place where, you know, we're aware of the fact that Philip Hedo has had this concussion injury and you start to wonder um, if that's what caused this whole thing. And honestly, I mean, we'll talk about the hockey ex, uh, the hockey, you know, perspective of this on in just a second, but it's a heartbreaking development. You get Philip Hedo here, 24 years old just getting started in his hockey career. He's somebody that you know, just got that contract extension during the middle of last season and really just getting started, you know, and, and you know, had a big role for the Rangers this year before he got injured. Looked like he was pretty well set to play a top six role. Um, I think even if he came back now, you'd probably be looking at Heedle centering uh, the third line because Trocek has played so well. But he's out there to start the season on the second line with Panarin, with Lafreniere, both of whom probably having the best seasons of their career. And Hedl was still looking for his first goal, but he had the six assists. He was off to a solid start and was making contributions to the Rangers, who at the time were off to a phenomenal start. You know, they were basically at the top of the NHL standings. And uh, even whenever Hedl was going to come back, whatever the role was going to be, um, you know, it was going to be a significant role for Philip Hedl. He was going to go right back into the lineup, be at least in a top nine role. And now something like this happens. And I, I do just want to say here, you know, for everybody that, that's tweeting things out like, oh, it's over, he's done, his career's over, uh, LTIR, let's bring in somebody else, just pump the brakes a little bit here. Let, let's let, go ahead and, and figure out exactly what happened here and um, what Philip Hedl's future may hold. Right now, I, I think, you know, that there's no guarantees that anything is going to happen as, as far as, you know, Hedl coming back this season or perhaps even ever, but... I think it's a little bit early to kind of just write off Philip Hedl and just, you know, believe that this has to be the end of his career. Hopefully it's not. Obviously, health comes first. And I think it's gotten to the point now where you kind of have to, if you're Philip Hedl and you're the Rangers, I, I feel like you're at a point where Hedl, if this was related to his concussion, and again, I'm going to take Larry Brooks at his words word for this from what he tweeted out earlier. If this was related to his concussion, I think you're looking at a situation where Philip Hedl at this point now should have to be cleared probably by multiple doctors. And again, I'm not a doctor at all, but I mean, this is a scary situation. You've got a situation here where Philip Hedl is on the ice during an optional morning skate wearing, I, I believe still wearing the non-contact jersey. And he's out there with only, he's basically on an empty rink. He's out there with two teammates, LeCision and Jones, and this happens. So if this can happen to him during an optional uh, Friday morning skate where you're only out there with two of your teammates and the rink is otherwise completely open and he ends up down on the ice for five to seven minutes and it's believed to be related to his concussion. I mean, 
he can't be allowed to play in a game right now. You know, if, if a situation such as the one I just described can result in what happened to Philip Hedel today, imagine what can happen when he's out there, you know, against opponents in a rivalry game for the Rangers, and these guys are all hitting each other and trying to knock each other off the puck. And I'm not saying that anybody would uh, try to target Philip Hedel and target his head because they know he has concussion uh, history. I mean, if you do that, you're, you're pretty sick. But... I mean, hey, it's hockey, it's physical, and people are getting knocked around out there, and they're going to compete hard. And Filipino, I mean, again, if this can happen to him on a mostly empty rink, then imagine what can happen to him in the middle of an intense game or even like a playoff game, you know? So I don't know, man. It's a delicate situation. It's hard to really know what to say as far as, you know, what his future might hold and as far as, you know, if he might end up getting back this season. But, you know, from a hockey standpoint right now, and it kind of almost feels a little bit cold to jump right into that because, you know, again, we're, we're talking about a 24-year-old, has his whole life ahead of him, and clearly, if this is concussion-related, then it, it's very, very scary. And, you know, that comes first. That's first and foremost. But if Philip Hedl, if this was, again, related to the concussion, then I don't see how the Rangers uh, can rely or expect or maybe even hope for Philip Hedl to play another hockey game uh, the rest of this season. Now, obviously, you, you don't give up completely. If Filipino gets to a point where he's cleared by multiple doctors and he feels comfortable with it, then, you know, more power to him if he wants to come back. But right now, uh, the way things stand, you know, we're past the halfway point of the season here. Filipino has missed weeks and weeks, a couple of months at this point of hockey due to what is obviously believed to be a concussion. And now this happens. So, uh, again, you know, I'm no doctor, but I just cannot see how uh, what happened after what happened today that Filipino should be playing in a competitive NHL hockey game. And I, I think most people would probably agree there. Um, we'll see how things go going forward. But right now, sounds like, again, Filipino is at his New York home and, um, you know, hopefully, obviously resting and in as good a spirits as he can possibly be, given the circumstances right now. Um, but again, you just, you just hope for the best for Filipino for you know his future, not just with hockey, but you know, certainly also uh, with just the rest of his life. And uh, we'll see. I'm sure there's more reports to come from this and we'll find out more as the days go by here and it's obviously something that we'll continue to talk about on this podcast but yeah man just just a heartbreaking development you start to have hope that Heedles, you know kind of through the woods and might even come back and, and play some hockey for the rangers and now uh just you know goes down at practice and has to be helped off and uh yeah again just just a very scary situation and again all, all the best to filipino that's first and foremost before we even really get into the hockey aspect of it. We'll have conversations of that in the future when we find out more about what's going on with Heedle, if the Rangers want to make a move for another center or something along those lines. But for the time being, again, the, the thoughts are with Philip Heedle, and you just hope that um, he's doing as well as he possibly can be right now, given the current circumstances. So uh, we're going to keep everything rolling on, on Lockdown Rangers here. It's been a busy couple of days, kind of a downer episode here, if I'm being completely honest, because a well-respected veteran from the New York Rangers was place on waivers. That would, of course, be Nick Bonino. He has since cleared. We're going to talk about that. Also going to talk about the uh, new Ranger defense pairings that they were using at the most recent practice. So uh, we'll get to all that in just a second here. First, though, we definitely want to let everybody know that today's episode of Locked on New York Rangers is brought to you by Indeed. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash locked on. Just go to Indeed.com slash locked on right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash locked on. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. And today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is also brought to you by FanDuel. The NFL regular season has concluded, but there is still time to get in on the action with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $150 in bonus bets, win or lose. The app is so easy to use, and there are so many different ways to bet, like live same-game parlays, find bets in the new Explore tab, make a parlay in the Parlay Hub, the best way to find popular parlays, and much, much more. Obviously, we got the conference finals uh, happening this weekend. Definitely looking forward to that. And obviously, there's going to be some uh, things you can bet on there on FanDuel. But once again, visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and make your first bet a layup. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. We also just want to let everybody know that today, or rather that Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Day is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. All right, so let's go ahead, keep everything rolling here, talk about the other bit of news, the news that I thought was going to lead uh, today's episode before, you know, unfortunately, Filipino suffers that, you know, scary incident during practice today. And again, all, all our best wishes to Filipino, but uh, Nick Bonino was placed on waivers by the Rangers. He has subsequently cleared waivers and been assigned to the Hartford Wolfpack. And in a corresponding move, Jake Lecision called back up to the Rangers. Lecision played in uh, one game earlier this season for the Rangers and a handful of games for them last season as well. I want to say like 12 or 13 games last season, somewhere in that ballpark. But uh, yeah, one thing at a time here. First of all, the decision by the Rangers to wave Nick Bonino. I don't think it was really too surprising. When the Rangers signed Bonino, I thought it was fine for what it was. You're bringing in somebody that you don't have grand plans for. You just want him to come in here and play a a very small yet very specific role where he was going to center the fourth line, uh, hopefully win more face-offs than he loses, which he's done that, uh, block a bunch of shots. He's done that as well, help kill penalties. Uh, he's done that. The problem is just that Bonino, when you watch him out there, he's just not moving very well, and it looks like uh, he's struggling to keep up with the pace of play. It's also pretty jarring how different uh, that fourth line has played, going by the analytics, of course, um, when Pitlick is on the ice rather than Bonino. The, the numbers that Barclay Goodrow and Jimmy Vesey have with Pitlick in the lineup with them over Bonino are uh, you know pretty vastly superior to when Bonino's out there. Um, again, nobody was really counting on Bonino to, to provide a lot of offense this season. If you were, I don't really know what to tell you. Um, he actually did have 19 points in 62 games last season, which is more than I would have expected. Uh, but you have to remember there, you know, he spent almost all of last season with the Sharks. He was with the Penguins for like three games at the end. He was with the Sharks 
probably had a bigger role on that team than he would have had on other role or on other teams. Uh, probably was on the ice more often for them than he would have been uh, with the Rangers or, or basically any anybody else. And it was probably just time for this to happen. It's, it's an unfortunate situation. You know, I thought early in the season Bonino was making a decent amount of plays. He, you know, again, very specific role. But he was blocking a ton of shots. I, I have the the block shots number written down here somewhere, and I'll get to that in a minute. But he's blocking shots. He's winning most of his faceoffs, and the Ranger penalty kill for the most part has been very good all season. And he's been one of their better uh, forwards on said penalty kill. So he was doing a couple of decent things. Like I said, he just hasn't played well recently. It's been a long time since you've really seen Bonino, you know, make an impressive play or really do anything to uh, kind of help the Rangers ultimately win a game. You know, early in the season, everything was clicking and everything was working for the Rangers. And even if Bonino wasn't playing excellent hockey at the time, I thought he did fine. But even if he wasn't playing excellent hockey, probably a little bit easier to overlook when the team just keeps winning and winning and winning. Uh, the one thing about this that's a little bit weird to me, though, is that Bonino was a healthy scratch for the third most recent game against the Kings. They, they went with Tyler Pitlick in that game rather than Bonino. But then these last two games, Pitlick goes back to being a healthy scratch and Bonino's back out there on the ice and then they wave Bonino. So it's just kind of strange that they took one look at Pitlick and said, no, let's put him back in the press box and let's go with Bonino the next two games. And then Bonino's the one that ends up getting waved. You know, the only thing I can really come up with there is that maybe they just wanted to get a couple last looks at Bonino. You know, obviously the Rangers are playing two teams that frankly are not that good. Uh, the Ducks and the Sharks, and maybe the idea there was let's give him one more chance here. Let's see what he can show against you know two of the uh, teams near the bottom of the NHL standings. If he plays well, then maybe he buys himself a little bit more time, and maybe we go with him uh, a little bit more going forward. He's kind of the 12th forward for the time being. Uh, unfortunately, that obviously didn't happen. If, if that was the Ranger plan, to try to just give him one more chance, obviously they didn't see enough from him to prevent uh, this move from happening. And you know it can't be easy for you know Drury, Laviolette, you know, Laviolette actually coached Bonino back when they were both with the Nashville Predators. Uh, they were on a team that went to the Stanley Cup Finals together. And uh, this is what Laviolette had to say about the situation. Uh, Laviolette said he met with Chris Jury, he meaning Bonino. Bonino met with Chris Jury this morning. It's a decision that was made. I've worked with Nick for quite a few years going back to Nashville. I can't speak enough about him as a person. He's just a good guy, a good teammate. It's a tough day. And for anybody, you know, celebrating the fact that, you know, Bonino is not in the Rangers anymore, look, you're you're entitled to your opinion, but, you know, I just try to keep in mind the fact that this is a real person, you know, it's an actual human being, and he was doing everything he could to help the Rangers. The, the facts are he just wasn't having a great season and just probably isn't the player that he was, even as recently as just a couple of years ago. Um, if you felt like this is a move that, that needed to be made, you know, I understand. I hear you, and um, I certainly respect that opinion. Um you know, replacing him with Jake LeCision and, and Tyler Pitlick. I mean, it doesn't seem like that much of an upgrade, but again, uh, the analytics do spell out that VZ and Goodrow have played quite a bit better when they're out there with Pitlick rather than being out there with Nick Bonino. And again, I do feel like Bonino made some plays early in the season. He'd break up some passes, uh, obviously block a lot of shots on the penalty kill. His final stats are what appear to be his final stats with the Rangers. And I shouldn't say final stats because uh, he has now gone back to the Hartford Wolfpack. He's been reassigned to them, so you never know if he could be, end up getting called back up. But Bonino, so far this season with the Rangers, uh, 45 games, one goal, four assists. He's a minus 12. Uh, second worst of his career in terms of plus minus. Average 12 minutes, 15 seconds of ice time. Uh, he was at 51% on the faceoff circle. 78 block shots, seven hits, 12 takeaways against five giveaways. He was a shot-blocking machine earlier in the season was Nick Bonino. He was on pace to lead the NHL in block shots. 
uh, for a, at least a brief time there. He had 35 block shots in his first 11 games, and he did that while averaging only 10 minutes and 54 seconds of ice time during uh, that stretch of the season there. So credit to him for you know continuing to do play blue-collar hockey and do what he has to do to try to do something to help the team win. I certainly don't think this is a lack of effort on Bonino's part, but again, just hasn't been making plays recently, and it probably is time uh, to look to go in a different direction. As far as him uh, clearing waivers and going to the Hartford Wolfpack, it's fine. I mean, you know, everything else being equal, there's no reason why they can't hang on to him as uh, as organizational depth if you need to call up a veteran. I really don't know, though, if the Rangers need to call somebody up in the future that it's going to be Bonino. I, I just feel like, you know, if they made this judgment, if they were willing to waive him and expose him to waivers and the possibility of another team claiming him, which it's not surprising that he cleared, but it could happen. There's 31 other teams. All it takes is one of them to claim him. The fact that the Rangers were willing to do that tells me that if they look to call somebody else up, it probably won't be Bonino, and Bonino will be a free agent at the end of the season, and uh, he'll probably be on his way at that point. So I don't know that we're going to see him again this season. Never say never. Crazier things have certainly happened, but I would imagine he probably finishes out this season uh, with the Hartford Wolfpack. The other thing to note here is that this means, you know, Bonino, if he goes to the Wolfpack and, you know, obviously plays for them, uh, it's going to be his first AHL game since 2011-2012 as a member of the uh, Syracuse Crunch. Uh, one other aspect of this, too, is that a lot of people are speculating that uh, Drury's got something cooking. He's, he's going to make a trade. He's going to bring somebody in here. It's certainly possible. And, uh, again, if Drury does pull that off, you know, we'll cross that bridge uh, when we get there. As far as tonight, though, against the Knights, you know, obviously, Lecision was called back up. Tyler Pitlick is still there. I would imagine that probably what you're looking at is you're going to look at a fourth line, left to right of VZ. Uh, Goodrow will be at center, and then you will have Tyler Pitlick at right wing. You know, and and the fact that, again, during that morning skate and everything that happened to Heedle earlier today, it kind of supports that theory a little bit because, again, Heedle was out there with Zach Jones and Jake LeCision, and almost a guarantee. I mean, for, for Jones and Heedle, for sure, but also Jake LeCision, those would appear to be the three players that were going to sit out uh, tonight's game. So you connect all the dots here, and it's probably going to be uh, Tyler Pitlick working back into the lineup and Jake LeCision as the healthy scratch. And, you know, I know some people might want the Rangers to call up somebody else other than LeCision. I get that, but it's probably a situation here where they're only looking at LeCision to be the 13th forward anyway. And so, you know, Pitlick will be in the lineup, and they'd probably rather have somebody like LeCision called up rather than somebody who might be something of a prospect uh, for the Rangers and is currently playing on the Wolfpack. They don't want to call up that player and have them sit in the press box. You know, if you call up, if you aim a little bit bigger and call up, you know, Brandon Offman again, uh, you're going to have him in the lineup. He's certainly not going to be a healthy scratch. And uh, the Rangers, at least now, don't want to go in that direction. So uh, it is what it is. Again, feel bad for Bonino, but it's a move that probably had to be made. Um, just wasn't really doing a whole lot to help the Rangers in recent games. Um, you know, did, made some plays early in the season. Never know we could see him again, but for the time being, uh, Nick Bonino going to be playing with the Hartford Wolfpack probably for the foreseeable future. So going to keep everything rolling in just a second here. We are going to shift our attention to the new defense pairings that the Rangers uh, rolled out in practice. We'll, we'll have some thoughts there and uh, who's going to be playing with who. We'll get into all that good stuff in just a second here. First, though, we definitely want to let everybody know that today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by eBay Motors. Passion, drive, and patience, what brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered with over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die you will always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, 
Your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you are burning rubber and not cash. With all the parts you need at all the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. eBay guaranteed fit. Only available to U.S. customers. I figure we can uh, wrap up today's episode by talking a little bit about uh, these new defense pairings that Peter Laviolette rolled out during a recent practice. And for what it's worth, Laviolette also mentioned in his most recent presser that he envisions them sticking with these uh, defense pairings for tonight's game against Vegas. So you're kind of throwing them right into the fire there against a good team in Vegas. But uh, regardless, I, I still think it was probably time for this to happen. The Rangers have just been struggling in general defensively. And I don't think that really any of the Ranger defensemen have played all that great recently. You know, some have played a little bit better than others, I suppose, but uh, we've seen really all six of these guys at one time or another. And I know, you know, somebody like Gustafson, he just got here this season, but even him, every, every single one of these guys at one time or another, uh, I think has played a better brand of hockey than they're currently playing. So to switch it up a little bit, I'm all for it. And this is what they ended up going with as far as the pairings are concerned. You've got Keandre Miller still with Jacob Truba. That was interesting. We'll talk about that in a second. That kind of surprised me a little bit. But then you have Eric Gustafson with Adam Fox, and you've got uh, Ryan Lindgren with Braden Schneider. So uh, a lot of takeaways here. We'll start with Miller and Truba and the two of them uh, staying together. They got off to an excellent start this season. In stark contrast to last year when I thought they really struggled out of the starting blocks, they were uh, really good to start the year. Uh, recently, they've been on the ice for a lot more goals against than they were at the start of the season. And as far as why this pairing sticks together, I'm not really sure, but to kind of venture a guess here, maybe it's one of those things where Laviolette wants to experiment but not completely reinvent the wheel. He doesn't want all three pairings to be different. He wants something to kind of stay consistent. And one way or another, him and the rest of the coaching staff came to the conclusion that the best pairing to stick together would be miller and Truba. And, um, you know, I can respect that viewpoint if that's uh, where Laviolette is coming from. And I don't know that for sure. I'm just, again, venturing a guess here. But the way that it's been going defensively for the Rangers recently, I say go ahead and reinvent the wheel. Give me give me three different uh, defense pairings to start this game here tonight. But, you know, obviously they didn't do that. And we'll see how it goes with uh, Miller and Truba sticking together. I mean, those two have basically been together ever since Miller is... Uh, made his NHL debut. I don't think it hurts too much to split them up every once in a while. You know, there was a time last year where they dropped Truba down to the third pairing and, and Miller was still on the second pairing. But for the most part, those two have pretty much been connected at the hip uh, ever since they are, or rather Miller has made his NHL debut. The other thing that stands out here, or one of the other things that stands out here as far as the new defense pairings are concerned is that Braden Schneider now gets his 87th different defense partner since he made his NHL debut just two years ago. Um, it's, it's really been a revolving door as far as Braden Schneider and, and who he's out there with, but, uh, for at least one game here, he's going to be out there with Ryan Lindgren. Lindgren at times has felt a little bit off recently, you know, just not as sharp as he typically is. Um, there was a situation where, you know, there, there was a turnover involving Lindgren and the puck was along the boards and he allowed his guy to get around him and get to the net, led to a goal. I don't even remember who they were playing. You know, basically the last handful of games, it's all just a blur of, you know, not, crisp and just not sharp hockey uh, for the Rangers in general. So it's kind of hard to remember exactly what happened in what game for some of these plays. But you got to figure, you know, Lindgren and Schneider, that'll be your quote-unquote third pairing. And so you look at the new pairings, and basically the guy who got demoted here out of the six defensemen is Ryan Lindgren. And again, make of that what you will. Again, I, I do feel like he's been struggling a little bit recently, so uh, maybe this gets him back on his feet a little bit. 
Uh, we'll keep our fingers crossed there. And for Braden Schneider, I mean, he's used to this anyway, right? He's got a new defense partner every two weeks, it seems like, since he's come into the league. So uh, he'll give it a go with Ryan Lindgren. It's a physical pairing and a, you know, a, a tough, hard-nosed pairing. And hopefully uh, the two of them can bring out the best in each other uh, in tonight's game and perhaps even beyond. And then that brings us to our last pairing, and that would be Gustafson and Fox, who I guess, you know, looking at, you know, people tweeting out the, the line combinations, the defense pairings and everything, you could sort of consider this the second pairing right now. Um, Gustafson hasn't really played that well recently. We saw him get off to an awesome start this season with the Rangers. I was tweeting left and right that, man, Eric Gustafson, the steal of NHL free agency this year. It looked like that was really the case, but he hasn't played well lately. He's had, uh, you know, just hasn't really stood out in a positive way for the Rangers and also had two turnovers in recent games that led directly to the Ranger opponents scoring a goal. There was one where he tried to lift the puck out of the zone when he didn't really have to. And, uh, you know, his opponent knocked it down. It led right to a goal. And then this most recent game against the Sharks, it's kind of what got the Sharks back into the game. Uh, Igor left the puck for Gustafson behind the net. Gustafson picks it up, but then he kind of just turns and throws kind of a blind pass off the boards in front of the net. And uh, the Sharks are able to score off of that. That cut the Ranger lead to 2-1. And uh, the disaster was well underway at that point because they lost in overtime to the worst team in the NHL. Um, so Gustafson has been struggling, but when Gustafson was at his best was earlier in the season, uh, often when Fox is not in the lineup, Gustafson had a prominent role. He was out there on the top pairing. He was out there on the top power play unit, quarterbacking the top power play unit and really excelling. And, you know, maybe this will bring out the best in him that he now has a, a bigger role. Maybe he just needs to, to be on the ice a little bit more. I mean, it is a little bit weird that out of all six defensemen, Gustafson is the one that's sort of being rewarded here because he's moving up the lineup and he's the one that really has made a couple of really bad and, and really costly turnovers recently. So it's kind of odd to do it this way. Um, but listen, you gotta, you gotta switch it up one way or another. And some guys are going to move down the lineup. Some guys are going to move up the lineup. Um, Gustafson moves up the lineup, gets to play with Adam Fox, despite obviously not playing his best brand of hockey, uh, recently. So, uh, we'll see how it all goes. You know, again, I I'm all for trying something a little bit different because obviously the Rangers have been up against it recently. Defense has not been good. So let's at least try a couple different things with the pairings. Not sure if they'll mess with the line combinations at all. I mean, we know that Blake Wheeler was back with Mika and Kreider at practice, Will they ever break up Kreider and Mika no matter what happens? I, I I can't answer that question. It's one of those things where I'd like to just like be aware of the fact that it's at least on the table, that breaking up Mika and Kreider is not a deal breaker for LaViolette. I used to say the same thing about David Quinn when you know Brett Howden was, you know, basically struggling and doing a whole lot of nothing for the Rangers. I know he was a good penalty killer, but you know, the they would do anything. They would bend over backwards and twist themselves into a pretzel to prevent themselves from having to make Brett Howden a healthy scratch. And eventually, he was a healthy scratch a little bit uh, later that season. But it's one of those things, you say the same thing about Quinn with Howden, as you can now say, uh, even with Galan and also now LaViolette with Kreider and Mika. Like, is that option even on the table? Like, will they consider breaking them up at one time or another? I just want to see one game where Mika and Kreider are on the same uh, the same line. And I, I got to believe if they continue to scuffle the way they have, that that will eventually happen. But... As of now, we've seen no evidence of it. They just keep running the two of them out there together night after night and game after game. And as far as, you know, getting back to these defense pairings, I'm also kind of curious to know, like, how that affects the penalty kill because we've seen the Rangers this year. It's kind of interesting. They go with, uh, you know, Fox and Lindgren together at even strength. They go with Miller and Truba together at even strength. But then for the penalty kill, they kind of flip-flop it. You've got Fox and, uh, and Miller out there together, and you've had Lindgren and Truba out there together. Now, do those pairings for the PK stay intact or do they um, shuffle those up too? Do you go back to 
you know, Fox and Lindgren, they're not playing together at even strength, but they'll play together on the penalty kill. Just curious to see how that'll uh, shake out tonight against Vegas. Um, I would think maybe they leave the PK intact because uh, the PK hasn't been too much of an issue. Uh, they had a game or two not too long ago where they weren't really all that great, but for the most part, the Ranger penalty kill has been good this season. So I wouldn't be surprised to see them stick with the pairings they've been going with the entire season, which once again would, of course, be uh, Fox and Miller, and then also Lindgren and Truba. But, but very curious to see uh, how they line up tonight against Vegas, and we'll find out the first time the Rangers take a penalty. And, you know, if uh, recent history is any indication, we probably won't have to wait that long. But, um, yeah, if the Rangers, hey, if they can get through the whole game without taking a penalty, we don't find this out, I'm all for it. That would be awesome, but I, I just don't think that's going to happen. Um, also, of note, Igor Shesterkin going to be in net tonight against the Vegas Golden Knights. And um, Rangers play a back-to-back, -back, and then they're off for about eight days, give or take. You, know, you got the all-star break coming up. It's also the Rangers bye week. So curious to see how they do that as well. Igor's playing tonight. I would imagine probably quick gets a game against the Senators tomorrow night. Could also have to do with how Igor performs tonight. You know, do they, if, if he plays a great game and the Rangers win this one, you know, two to one, do they run right back to him tomorrow night and make sure they get the win against the Senators? Not sure, but uh, definitely curious to find that out as well. I, I would imagine they'll probably quick gets a start before the, uh, the all-star break happens. So again, I mean, happy Friday, guys. This is kind of a bummer of an episode talking about Philip Heedle and uh, his concussion history and what might be going on there. And then also the Rangers, uh, you know, having to wave a well-respected veteran like Nick Bonino, kind of a downer episode. But, um, you know, hopefully uh, hopefully the Ranger fortunes start to turn tonight. Uh, a win against Vegas goes a long way. It's defending Stanley Cup champions. Things have not gone well for the Rangers. I think we could learn a lot about the Rangers tonight, uh, how they respond to just a brutal road trip and more specifically, a brutal conclusion to the road trip, blowing a 2-0 lead against the Sharks and falling in overtime. So, yep, that's kind of where things stand, and um, definitely looking forward to watching the game tonight. I think it's gut check time for this Ranger team. As I mentioned in the last episode, you cannot possibly overstate the importance of these final two games before the Rangers have a lengthy break because it's not been going well recently, but all it takes, two strong performances against the Knights and the Senators. If the Rangers can get all four points or... Honestly, even three out of the four points, I, I think we go into the break feeling at least a little bit better. I, I know I will for sure. I don't want to speak for everybody, but um, obviously that would represent a step in the right direction. So, yeah, we can call it there. Uh, once again, if you guys would like to get in touch with this podcast, please send an email to LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Once again, that is LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Definitely give us a follow on Twitter as well, at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Once again, that is at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. And definitely subscribe to the Lockdown New York Rangers YouTube channel. Thanks again, guys. I'll see you next time.